We read together to remind us of where we are going. That is towards Jesus. Allowing the scriptures, the Holy Spirit, and the family of God to form a fidelity of allegiance to him alone. Please read aloud with me as we confess this together. It was by faith that Enoch was taken up to heaven without dying. He disappeared because God took him. For before he was taken up, he was known as a person who pleased God. And it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. Hey, good morning, church. I want to introduce myself in case you haven't seen me before, especially if you haven't seen me preaching. My name is Carrie Fess. I'm one of the pastors here on staff. And I want to share with you, I know I have a lot of things up here on my um, table. Two Bibles, like that's needed. But um, <laughs> but it is needed. I will tell you, this Bible, um, one year ago today, Clayton and I, um, Clayton Whitson, another pastor on our staff, um, stood in this room as um, leaders and team members um, prayed over us and spiritually commissioned us into this role of pastoring. And um, it has been a year, and this Bible was a gift to me um, during that, that um, ceremony, I guess we would call it. And um, this Bible has been with me. Uh, um, I'm not really a, a sentimental person just for the sake of like hanging on to stuff, but this Bible is like a reminder to me. It's, it's a this is the place that over the last year, God and I have come together <laughs> over and over and over. And it's precious, it's precious to be reminded of God and the times we meet with him <laughs> and how precious this word is. And so also I have it up here as a practical, uh, it's not only a security blanket, but it's also a practical um, Thing as well, because as the Lord speaks today and scriptures are brought to my mind, I will be much faster to find them in this than in the new Bible that I've been using um, because of the well-worn paths. <laughs> Can anybody else testify to that? The well-worn paths. Jeremiah 6 says, you come to a crossroad, now ask for the way, find the old worn path. I want to encourage us today <laughs> as we look at the life of Enoch, who was known as a man who pleased God. And he pleased God because in Genesis, which we're going to read, it tells us that he walked with God. And it was a unique testimony when we're reading in the scripture. It stands out <laughs> that he walked in close relationship with God. I want to encourage us today that that relationship is available to us. We're going to look at a life written by the Holy Spirit for our example, but that's what it's for. We don't just come to honor somebody, a saint of old. <laughs> we come to honor Jesus and the example that he laid out for us, and he showed it through Enoch's life because he wanted to show us that what was available to Enoch was available to all people. And so I just want to encourage us today. We're going to go to Genesis chapter 5. We've been in this collection called Stories of Faith. Hallelujah. Every single one of us has a story of faith. At home, you have a story of faith where God has worked in your life. And maybe you don't know him yet today, and so you're not really, the story isn't on the top of your memory. 
But today I want to testify and bear witness with you that God has written your story and he has been in it all along, just as he was with Enoch. We started in, ele- in uh, Hebrews 11, 5 and 6 this morning, reading that together. And I want to go to Genesis where the historical account that the writer of Hebrews would have been very familiar with as they studied scripture together, the scriptures mainly being the Old Testament, well, only being the Old Testament at that time as the New Testament had not yet been put into um, writing. So I'm going to go to Genesis chapter 1, or I mean 5. I'm going to read just a little bit because we're, we're going to pick up on here. Why is Enoch's testimony standing out? And then we're going to jump in together on 18. But it says this in chapter 5. If I will go to chapter 5, that'd be good. This is the written account of the descendants of Adam. When God created human beings, he made them like himself. He created them male and female, and he blessed them and called them human. When Adam was 130 years old, he became the father of a son. I'm going to read this kind of fast because that's the point. Who was just like him in his very image. He named his son Seth. Actually, that's not the point. You need to go and study this 5-3, 5-1 through 3, because it's the mirroring thing. God is saying, I made you, Adam, in my image. And now Adam has a son, and he says, that son is just like you in your likeness. God is showing us that a seed of God, his life, is what's actually being propagated throughout the earth. It keeps going. His, we are his image bearers. That's not the sermon. Okay, after the birth of Seth, Adam lived another 800 years, and he had other sons and daughters. Adam lived 930 years, and then he died. When, when Seth was 105 years old, he became the father of Enosh. After the birth of Enosh, Seth lived another 807 years, and he had other sons and daughters. This goes on and on until we get to Enoch in chapter, in verse 18. Whoops, where his, where his uh, father, Jared, is 162 years old. He became the father of Enoch after the birth of Enoch. Now, up to this point, if you go back and you read chapter 5 through 17, it gets very repetitive, re- repetitive. There's the name, the age, the son was born, they lived this long, the name, the son, the age, on and on and on. Same with Jared, 162 years old. He became the father of Enoch. After the birth of Enoch, Jared lived another 800 years, and he had other sons and daughters. Jared lived 962 years, and then he died. I realize this is hard to keep up with on the screen. When Enoch was 65 years old, he became the father of Methuselah. And after the birth of Methuselah, Enoch lived in close fellowship with God. Hey, the story is changing. There's some detail being brought. Enoch lived for another 300 years, and he had other sons and daughters. Enoch lived 365 years, walking in close fellowship with God. Then one day he disappeared because God took him. Because God took him. Twice in a couple of verses, the testimony of Enoch's life is he walked in close fellowship with God. In Hebrews, there's just two verses, but it says he pleased God. He walked with God. He pleased God. 
I wonder what that means. Can we look at that today? What does it mean to please God? What does it mean to live a life walking with God when all the other, the six generations before, it's just names and ages and dates and sons' names and over and over and we get to Enoch and he says, and he, let me insert something here. He walked in close relationship with God. He walked in close fellowship with God. These are the two descriptions of Enoch's life. Oh, yeah, and then there's that one part where he disappeared. He didn't die. <laughs> and I think about if I had been living at that time, <laughs> people are living to be nearly 1,000 years old. Enoch dies at 365. Like, listen, God, you only gave me 40% of my life. You know, like, there's something, though, in this that, the people recording history, <laughs> they didn't, he didn't die. He didn't die. It caught their attention. And I wonder if they actually looked back after this amazing event of him being gone and go, he walked in close relationship with God. I wonder if that had something to do with his just walking off into heaven. We're not going to dive deep into that because there's not a lot written about it. Although there's a lot of historians that have written a lot of things, a lot of Bible scholars and theologians that have written things. But today we want to live a life when we are gone from this place. The thing that is written is not who my child's name was. It's not how long I lived, but it's actually that I walked in close relationship with God. That the testimony of our lives, and God has invited us in just like Enoch. Listen, Enoch lived in a time. There wasn't a church. There wasn't a Bible. There wasn't even the law of Moses. There was no story of Jesus, the Messiah. In fact, there wasn't even Messiah. Like Messiah and, and y'all, all of that had yet to come. And yet Enoch obtained faith, the scripture tells us. And he walked with God and he pleased God. There's an invitation to us today to come and to walk with God. Not just walk like, oh, yes, I confess with my mouth and I believed in my heart, but actually come into this thing where my testimony is that I walk with God. I know we're hungry today. During worship today, and we were singing oceans, and the Lord was just, I want to share this with you. The Lord was just speaking to me that he hears your hunger and he hears your cry, that you want to hear the Spirit calling you out. You want to see Jesus. This is the picture of Peter stepping out of the boat into the ocean. Listen, he had zero control at that point. He didn't have control over whether he was going to sink or swim, but he saw the one above the waves walking on the water, the one who could put a firm foundation under him when he stepped onto actual physical water in an ocean, or well, a sea, whatever you want to call it, lake, I don't know. But it was water, and it wasn't a quarter inch deep, let me tell you that. And it wasn't frozen. <laughs> I want to read Hebrews 11, 5, and 6 again to remind us. It was by faith that Enoch was taken up to heaven without dying. He disappeared because God took him, for before he was taken up, he was known as a person who pleased God. And it is impossible to please God without faith, so Enoch must have had faith, right? 
Anyone who wants to come to God must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. The writer of Hebrews doesn't say that (laughs) it's difficult to please God without faith. He says it's impossible. It's impossible to please God without faith. It takes God's faith, the gift of faith, for us to believe in God. So sometimes we go, oh, it's impossible to please God without faith. How do I get faith? And, and how do I work this out? And we, sometimes we might feel a little bit heavy about that. We might start to feel a little bit like, I don't know how to do this, so I guess I might as well not try. This is what the scripture tells us in Romans 10, 17. So faith comes from hearing, that is, hearing the good news about Christ. (laughs) Where does faith come from? It comes from hearing the good news about Christ. See, there's a lot of times we live life in an intellectual way, in in a this world type of thinking. But God says, listen, it's by me. It's by me. It's by hearing my testimony that your faith is built. And this is not just the faith that says, oh, I see Jesus as Savior. I repent of my sins. I receive him as my Savior. That's a wonderful moment. But this faith that we're going to need to walk in close relationship with God is actually built throughout our lives as we continue to hear the good news about Christ. We need this every day. So faith pleases God. This is point number one. And our faith comes from hearing the good news about Christ. Lest we mistake that my faith comes from all the things God did before. Lest I mistakenly think that oh, my faith comes from my doing good things and now I can approach God and ask him for some sort of blessing. My faith comes from hearing the good news about Christ. It takes God to love God. <laughs> It takes God to love God. He puts his love, he puts his faith into us. And we express out of what he's already given us back to him, our love. We love him with his love. (laughs) We walk in faith with his faith. This is not a heavy burden. (laughs) His yoke is easy, his burden is light. Hebrews eleven six 6, again, it says, anyone who wants to come to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. This is telling us that the person who pleases God comes to him by believing that he exists and believing that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Let's talk about that a little bit more. What is this reward? <laughs> because Enoch didn't just believe that God existed <laughs> like his forefathers. All those other, they they all believe God existed. Listen, Adam had told the story. Adam had told the story of the garden. (laughs) Where God came and met and walked and his presence was real and he was right there. 
This is the time before the outpouring of the Spirit. This is the time before the Bible was written. This is the time before there's church gatherings. The story, the testimony that Adam is telling all of his descendants and that's being passed down. Enoch knew the story of the garden where God met and had close fellowship with the people he had created. And this, I believe, is what prompted Enoch's faith to say, oh, I believe that God rewards those who diligently seek him. Because here's the thing. What's the reward? (laughs) Walking with God is the reward of our faith. (laughs) Walking with God is the reward of our faith. It's so important for us to understand That we can now live in some of, at least, the things of heaven while we're on earth. That the kingdom has come (laughs) to this place. And we can walk in the kingdom with the king. See, Enoch not only believed that God existed, he believed that God would reward him with his presence. Enoch heard the story of Adam. And he said, wait a minute, I think God maybe created us. For communion with him. Pastor Matthew talked about that a couple weeks ago in the story of creation. God is communicating through creation that he intends to abide with us. That he intends to communicate with us. And I know you guys might be sitting there, well, yeah, of course, of course. I'm just wondering, <laughs> how much more of this can I get into? How much more walking can I do with him? When I'm cooking dinner, which I really don't like to cook. When I'm buying the groceries for that dinner, which I really don't like to do. When I'm up here. (laughs) Don't be mistaken, I'm not a very good speaker. So whatever your opinion of me at the end of this, please know that I'm doing this in the power of the Holy Spirit. Just as our pastor does every single week. That takes a lot every week, I can't imagine. I really can't. Has anybody written a sermon every single week, any time in your life, for a year at least? No, yeah, it's hard. I mean, it's hard work. It's done by the Spirit, but it's hard work on our part. It's a lot of like, oh, God, can I hear you still? I want to talk to you, God. I need to hear what you're saying, and he's right there speaking to us. Walk with in this Walk in close relationship. Let's keep talking about that. Walk with captures an emphasis on communion and fellowship. Enoch didn't just obey, but he actually walked alongside God. Obedience flows when we are walking alongside. Submission is easy. When we're walking alongside the one who loves us and who has said, would you just come along with me? Would you just come along with Would you lift your eyes when you walk into your classroom, into the patient's room where you're a nurse? Would you lift your eyes when you step into Walmart and that person nearly knocks you over with their cart? And would you walk with me and see what I'm doing? Would you listen to me and hear what I'm saying? Just as Jesus said, he only spoke what the Father was saying. 
and he only did what he saw the Father doing. This is the life we've been called into. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, that this is the life we've been called into. Enoch was a friend of God. His obedience came from just a constant hearing of God's glorious unfolding plan. He walked with God. I wonder if, too, if some of the people maybe thought he was a little weird. I mean, you know, people who have tuned their ear to heaven, sometimes they appear a little weird to people who are only tuned to the things of the earth. And I even find a tension within myself when I've spent time with the Lord, when I've come to a worship together with God's people, and I go back out, and it seems like there's this tension of like, this stuff doesn't even matter anymore. I don't care about this. I don't care about any of this stuff. A football game? So what? I mean, sorry, I'm not trying to offend anybody. But, I mean, I do love to, I enjoy it. Don't worry. I enjoy football. And I believe that God has given us many things for our enjoyment. Okay. And I think that that is one of the keys, that God wants to walk with us because guess what? There's so much enjoyment when we walk with the one who made it all. Because he walks and he points out to us and he says, hey, did you notice this? Did you hear that? Guess what? I know you love this color of blue. Did you notice the sky today? Did you see that look of admiration in that kid's look when they looked at you and they wanted to tell you something important that was going on? Did you notice how your husband did that really nice thing? And you kind of forgot to say thank you, even though it was a blessing to your heart. This is the walking around with God. It's every day. It's right here. And while there's things that are much bigger than this, like believing that we can pray in Bourbon County, Kansas, for conflict that's happening in Ukraine and our brothers and sisters there and the peace that needs to come, and it's a world issue. And our faith is built in these moments where we go, no, hey, guess what? My prayers, my heart turned to God is actually affecting change because that's how he made it. That's how he set it out. That's what he set up. The scripture speaks of someone else who walks in close fellowship with God. Surprise, Jesus. <laughs> it's a big surprise. <laughs> Not really. John 1.18, let's read that together. This is so good, you guys. No one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father has made him known. <laughs> Jesus had the testimony, too, that he walked in closest relationship with the Father. And, and the way that Jesus lived and the way that he walked is set as an example for us, Right? It's not that we go, oh, okay, well, that's Jesus, of course. These statements seem really obvious about Jesus. But Jesus says, listen, I have made my Father known to you that you also would walk in closest relationship with him. This is the lifestyle we've been invited into by God. We're talking about stories. God, there's one story, right? One big story, it's God's story. But he has written us into his story. <laughs> he has written our lives into his story. In 1 Corinthians 1.9, we read, 
God is faithful who has called you into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. I read that and I think, this little word has called you, you. When the Holy Spirit is writing the scripture and he writes the word you, he is writing with our names in mind. (laughs) The Father's heart is full of the details of our lives too. And he's writing it in with care, (laughs) with detail, with passion, with love, with excitement. He's written us into his story. (laughs) He's written us into his story. God is faithful who has called you into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Walking in close fellowship with God. Walking with close, in close fellowship with God is developed when we talk to God about himself. When we talk to God about himself. I'm going to go back and in my notes here, I guess you wouldn't have known that had I not said it out loud. But anyway, <laughs> about this walking with God being the reward of our faith. There's this really awesome picture that I found in, uh, written, that I found in one of the commentaries about Enoch and his life and what it means to walk with God. It's this, this is the difference between the king walking into the room to make sure that his servants are all working and the king asking his daughter to walk with him in the garden. I think sometimes we have this picture of God that's like the king who's, standing right outside that door, and he's listening in to see, like, are they doing what I've told them to do? Do I need to come in and straighten them back out? And while God has a high standard, (laughs) while God does have things that he has said, this is the way, walk in it. While obedience is a part of our Christian life, and and it is huge, and, and Jesus displayed that for us. I preached on that a while back. Our king is one who has said, hey, would you come and walk with me in the garden? I want to show you the things I've been working on. I want to show you what I've been working on. And we walk through the garden with the king, the one who made the the plan. He's enjoyed it. He's enjoyed making this beautiful place that he has longed to walk with us in, that he has longed to show us. He's longed to show it to us. And I think of this daughter, and I think that's walking with the king, and I think about how she begins to see the wisdom in what he's done. She begins to see the care that he's given. She begins to see the details that he put in there because she would enjoy them. She begins to see how good this plant being planted next to this plant is for the garden. (laughs) She begins to see all these details, and there's a passion, there's a love, there's an awe that starts to rise up within her. And she says, oh, tell me more about this. (laughs) Tell me more about your wisdom. Tell me more about why you chose this color, why this flower smells like that, why this plant is producing food that is good 
for our bodies. Tell me more about this. This is a picture, guys. This is a picture. Some of you don't like gardening. Some of you love it. This is a picture of God walking with us in our lives. And I wonder how, we, how do we access that? How do I get to the place where I'm not just so distracted by all the weights and the pressures and the busyness and the things going on? How do I do that? Well, Enoch found a way, even without a Bible, <laughs> even without the church. Now, listen, I'm not saying the Bible. I just talked to you about my love for the Word of God. <laughs> but I want to tell you, the Holy Spirit, the reason why, the Holy Spirit is the one who wrote this. He's the one who breathed it. And he is speaking through it. Just like he spoke to Enoch. Just like he invited Enoch in. Walking in close fellowship with God is developed when we talk to God about himself. A lot of times we spend our time in prayer or reading scriptures or reading a, a good devotional that has some scriptures in it. And we're spending all that time thinking about us and how we're going to make our lives better and how we're going to obey God and how we're going to step out in faith and do this. And I just wonder if we need to take a step back about 99.9% .9 of the time when we're in God's presence and say, God, I just want to know what you're like. Talk to me about who you are. Tell me what you mean by these scriptures, by these songs that we sang. What do you mean, God? Tell me about who you are. Show me your glory is what Moses said. Pastor hit on that one too. Show me your glory. And he said, I will surely pass by with my goodness. You will see my goodness. It's time when we go to God's word that we start stopping. We start stopping. Didn't mean to say it that way, but it makes sense. And we read things. I remember reading in the, in the gospel somewhere, I think it was Mark, I came across this scripture and it said, and Jesus was at Simon the leper's house and the Holy Spirit stopped me and he said, wait a minute, <laughs> I want you to think about this. And he just walked me through. Simon's a real person. Man, if Jesus was at my house, I hope my Bible would, my, my name would be written down too. There's so many things. This is just a, a small example. In the word of God, we, we've got to stop reading it to go, how do I fix and make adjustments? I think we don't have to stop doing that completely. But actually, we need to look at Jesus. And as we look at Jesus, we worship him, we talk to him about himself. We say, God, you are glorious. God, you are light. You are my life. You are what I need. You're, I mean, and we just take the Psalms and we take the scriptures we read and we begin to declare them back to God. And our hearts become transformed in this. You guys, this is not an intellectual practice. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense. In in human and intellect, we would say, let's memorize all the scriptures and know exactly where they are. And I think that is lovely and wonderful. And I think that that comes from a wonderful place in most people's hearts. But I wonder if we need to stop and talk to God a little bit more about what he's actually saying to us. John 17, let's read this together. I don't even know if I can get through this scripture. So here's what we're going to do. I, it's not about time, it's... Well, it is about time, but <laughs> this is so precious. This is Jesus' prayer right before he was going to the cross. John 17, 20 through 23. This is one of those scriptures where we practice 
talking to God about himself, asking him what he means about his scriptures. I'm talking about this because this is how we, one of the ways, a major way, a main way we actually develop a close relationship with God. It doesn't just, it doesn't just happen because we obey the rules. It happens because we talk to him. <laughs> John 17, 20, Jesus, Jesus is saying this. I am praying not only for these disciples, but also all who will ever believe in me through their message once again. The Father's heart is full of the names and the lives of us who have believed their message. I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. I read these scriptures and I go, God, what does it mean that I'm in you? That you have set all of us, all of us into you. That we're in you, God. Talk to us about what that means. You guys picking up on what's going on here. We talk to God about his word. We ask him, what do you actually mean? How well does this work in my life that I'm set in you? I'm hidden in you. I'm a dead man walking and it's Christ that lives. How do I walk this out? How do I live this? And he talks to us in his word. (laughs) And we begin. You see how our, our passion, our desire, our surrender, our submission to what he's saying comes about as we begin to talk to him about what he's saying? You see how obedience flows when I'm just hand in hand, when I'm hidden in Christ Do you see how it's not even hard to think about how to do the right thing when I'm living in the righteous one? (laughs) He's so good. He's made it very simple. He says, come. In John chapter 7, Jesus says this. Jesus cried out to the crowd, anyone who is thirsty, come and drink. And out of you will flow rivers of living water. What is living water? It's walking in close relationship with God. It's following all of his commandments out of love. And it flows. Hear the language. It's flowing. It's flowing. This is not a, oh, I've worked so hard and I'm paddling upstream. This is a, I've been walking with the king in the garden and my heart has come alive. Because of the way that he's talked to me about what he's doing, the way that he's talked to me about how he's working, the way that he's talked to me about what he's made me for, and my heart has come alive. This is why I love worship so much, because we repeat, we're repetitive in the truth of God's word, in the cry of our hearts, in the cry of God's heart. And we sing it, we put it to a tune, and so we can remember it. (laughs) We can remember it much easier that way. Enoch's testimony tells us that it's possible to walk with God now. We don't have to wait till heaven. We don't have to wait till we're a little older. There's no circumstance right now. There's no season of life when the kids get older and I have more time. When I retire from my job and I have more time. 
when I get a little more comfortable in the kind of work I'm doing because I've just started a new job, when there's not a pandemic, when there's not a war, when there's... (laughs) Enoch's life cries out to us, you can walk in close fellowship with God right now. And when do we need it more than now? And that's not a statement about the, the, the state of the world. That's a statement about humanity and my life. When will I ever need God more than I need him right this minute, right now, this second? Every second is the same thing. I need him more now. I need him more now. I need him more now. Enoch's walking with God tells us, not to wait for a more favorable circumstance, to come into the fellowship that we've been invited into. Is anybody thirsty for a life that is not burdensome? Is anybody thirsty for the easy yoke that Jesus is carrying with us? Is anybody thirsty to have a constant conversation with God? Is anybody thirsty that when my heart is wounded, I go, God, what do you think about this? Tell me how to think. Show me what to say. Speak to me what you want to do because your words are life. Not just for me, but for the world. But for the world, it's this walking in intimate relationship. Jesus said it right here. Going back to John 17, I have given them the glory you gave me so they may be one as we are one. I am in them and you are in me. May they experience, listen you guys, such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them. This is mind-blowing. That you love them as much as you love me. Jesus has said the Father's love is toward us just like it is toward Jesus. And it's in this knowledge and knowing of his love where we have the worn paths of time with God and of of what he's spoken to our hearts that we begin to show the world, not we show, he shows the world his great love, his great plan. We want peace. We've got to know the God of peace. We want love. We want to have more love. How many of you could use some more love for the people around you? Start asking God about them. Start asking God about them. Let's just take a second and look around. Why don't you guys go ahead and stand up, grab your communion. We can open that. As you're doing that, I want you to look around at the people around you. You don't have to stare them down or give them weird eyes or anything. Just notice the people in the room. God has set his heart (laughs) on everyone in this room. He set his desire. He has sent the invitation. In fact, we've received the invitation if we will open it. And it's by the blood of Jesus that we actually come into this. I'm going to read from Hebrews 10. We were in Hebrews 11. I love how God's word is just, man, it's just so, it's all right here. It's all right here. Hebrews 10, 
19 through 22, and it says this, Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the sanctuary by the blood of Jesus, by the fresh and living way that he inaugurated for us through the curtain, that is through his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a sincere heart in the assurance that faith brings because we have had our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience. We are clean. The scripture plainly says that in John 15, Jesus says, you have been clean because of the word that I have spoken. We have been sprinkled with his blood and our hearts have been cleared from an evil conscience and our bodies washed in pure water, the water of his word. Jesus, we come today. We hold these symbols of your body and your blood that made a way for us to come into the holy of holies, into your presence. God, our hearts desire and long. We desire and long. I heard it today in worship, God. We desire and long to hear you speak to us. We desire and long, God, to follow you in obedience. We desire, God, for you to be, for our eyes and ears to be open to all that you're saying and doing, God. We desire to link arms with you just as you've already made a way and so we say yes by your body and by your blood by your own sacrifice God we receive we receive this let's take a minute let's take some time this morning and just say Holy Spirit what are you saying to me this is the practice right we get to do this every week Holy Spirit what are you saying to me today we hear your voice God we hear your voice God thank you Jesus so Jesus we declare what you have done we take your body we take your blood today as a reminder <laughs> that your death has made a way. In Jesus' name, you can go ahead and take the bread and the juice. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. God, I bless your people today. At home, on their couches, in the car, at work later this week while they're listening. God, I bless your people that are in this room, God. The ones who weren't able to be here, God. God, I thank you. That blessing means that you're, we are happy in your presence. <laughs> that blessing means your spirit runs freely among us. And so, God, today as we go out back into the world where there's many distractions, there's many weights, there's many wounds, there's many struggles, God. Today, God, I bless your people that they will always have you on their mind. That, that they will understand by faith that they can hear your voice. In the hard times and the easy times, God, you're speaking. You're with us. You have brought us along with you. We're hidden in you. So we say yes. We hear you calling and we're coming, God. We're going to come into your presence. And I just bless your people today, God. 
with the happiness of your presence. (laughs) Thank you, Lord Jesus, for being with us, not just here, but everywhere we go, even as we sleep. Thank you, God. We give you the praise and the glory for your word being true, for revealing Jesus our way to the Father. And we give you thanks for these things today. In Jesus' name we pray. Hey, friends and family, I hope today's message was life-giving for you. I want to ask you to take a next step and go ahead and click the subscribe button so you never miss another chance to have an encounter with God. And while you're at it, take another step and share it with a friend. Maybe post it on your social network or text a coworker the link. And when you do that, you are partnering and get to be a part of seeing faith come to life in them. Hey, if Faith Church has made an impact in your life, if these messages are helping you gain traction in your faith, would you consider partnering with us financially? When you do that, it helps us widen our reach so that more people can have an encounter with the real Jesus. You can find information and ways to give on our central hub, faithchurchks.org. If you live in the Southeast Kansas region, we'd love to see it in person at one of our Sunday services. You can find those times on our hub as well, faithchurchks.org. Hey, remember this, God is for you and we love you.